So welcome everybody to the Restore podcast. So welcome guys. I'm here today with a colleague, friend, and um, longtime legend, that is what I want to refer you to, uh, Piers, is uh, uh, Piers Carter. Welcome, Piers. Thank you very much. Thanks uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, uh, it's a great honour, a real great honour. Oh, listen, pleasure, absolute pleasure. So, Piers, um, I know me and you have worked together for a number of years now, really, um, um, across some really interesting projects. But just for listeners who might not be familiar with you, could you just um, just illustrate a little bit of your background? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, professionally, I describe myself as a coach, a trainer and a facilitator. So that's the work I do. I'm self-employed. I've been self-employed since 1998. Love it. Absolutely love it to bits. I work with organizations, um, helping, helping people have better conversations. And that, that can happen in all sorts of different ways. But principally, that's the sort of professional me. Um, I'm a dad to two teenage boys who I'm very, very fond of and very close to. Husband to a very tolerant wife called Roz. She's a head teacher. We live in the Peak District. Um, in the past, I've loved adventuring and expeditioning and working overseas on, on a variety of different adventurous stuff. And uh, pr- prior to being a self-employed in the sort of learning and development world, I was uh, I used to get paid to throw petrol bombs at coppers. So um, I worked as a, a physical training instructor for the police, and we used to do a lot of all of their self-defense and riot training and baton training and <clears throat> um, first aid drill, all the kind of practical physical stuff. I was a civilian, but working for the home office in one of their national police training centers and i love that job as well that was great um so yeah that's a sort of very quick very potted history brilliant brilliant piers that's fantastic absolutely fantastic so piers what i wanted to explore with you today if possible really was um, a couple of things really one is really the concept around high performing teams and mm. um and just just actually just yeah drilling down into that concept but starting with the individual really because i am um, fascinated by high performing teams as you know i work as a critical care paramedic and have to form teams all the time, little micro teams all the time. You know, whether whether we like it or not within the NHS, most of us have to come together with complete strangers on a daily basis and form um, hopefully a predefined outcome or hopefully a consistent outcome with very different people, um, some of which might have slept eight hours, some of which might not have slept at all because the kids were crying all night, some which might be hungry and tired, some which might be a little bit frustrated. I, which might be completely distracted by my recent failure on my, re- you, you've got so many different kind of, you know, factors at play, and 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 so I really want to get get at how we get this sense of consistency and mm. baseline in amongst this malaise of human factors and uh, uh, and and sort of different sort of different kind of different experiences really. Um, so what I wanted to do, Piers, is just. Just look at sort of a high-performing individual, really, and and I suppose that harkens towards being being self self-aware as a, as a high-performing individual, because you, you you can't necessarily improve your the team unless you can improve yourself. Is that where it starts for you in your mind, Piers? It it does, Owen, and I think. Um... I think it starts and ends with the with the self. If I'm if I'm totally honest, There's, you know you, the complexity you guys face in terms of the speed of the speed of operation you have to work out, the complexity, the the, the clinical complexity you have to work out, plus layer onto that the stress. You know the nature of the incidents you're dealing with, the situations you're dealing with. Layer onto that, you might never have worked with that individual before, so you've got no idea who's showing up and what their experience. 
you've got so much, you know, it's a circle of concern, circle of influence. There's a certain amount you can influence and a lot that will concern you. Getting good at partitioning between those two things, I think, is essential. And that has to begin with the self. The only thing you can really do anything about is yourself, mm. your own reaction, your own perception, your own judgments, your own take on what's going on, because it will all go on. Yeah. Um, it'll all happen. It's it, you know, it's a bit like if you don't like bad weather, then there's no point living in the UK. You know, I mean, you, it is what it is. It's raining at the moment. If I was miserable because it was raining, and then happy because it was sunny, then I'm kind of at the at the whim of my conditions, my environment. And it's the same in teams. If you know, you will get you will get all sorts of conditions. You'll be exposed to all sorts of conditions. The bit you've got total domain and responsibility for is is your internal world. Now easier to say and not necessarily easy to do but that's where it all for me that's where it starts and finishes yeah i 100 percent agree actually pierce 100 percent agree so looking just just doing a little bit more of a deep dive into that really um so i i made a few bullet points when i was when i was sort of thinking about this conversation with you because i really wanted to dig into some meaty some Great. meaty substance and, and get the yeah, real nuggets, the nuggets of gold out of you. Um, just, just, <laughs> just around, you know, I, 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 I fundamentally know that we are sort of, we, we, we are sort of um, creature bearing, sorry, tool bearing creatures. We love to get our hands on some tools. So I think, you know, just because, just because, just, just fundamentally from our past, you know, we, 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 we love to use tools to our advantage. So I'd like to dig down into some of the tools that maybe I use and you mm-hmm. use certainly. Um, and just, just also just to some of the feedback loops as well, because I know I've spoken with you before about around, you know, you're only as good as you, the insight into yourself. And, and, and my question to a lot of people and to myself would be, where are you getting your feedback from? And and so I, I'd like to explore some of the feedback mechanisms mm. that where where we do get feedback from because and some of it's some yeah some not pretty some some difficult feedback sometimes um, but yeah but I'd like to explore that with you but I just I'd like I suppose I'd like to start in a place of just the revelation of choice please and just how how that plays out how do you mm. perceive choice Oh wow I love a brilliant question. Um, Oh, and you've kind of hit on my own little private cornerstone of everything, which is choice. Um, mm. I, I personally believe we have choice every second of every day and every moment with every individual and every interact. It's all about choice. I've got a choice right now. If I sit here and stay fully clothed and well-behaved, or if I decide to stand on my head and get naked, run out the room, scream, sing, I, I, you know, I've got choice about everything that I do right now. Um and I've got choice about my response in any given situation that is going to present itself going forwards. The angry neighbor, the difficult patient, the, the boss who's on my back, the crappy email that comes through. I, so I think choice, um, I think choice is a gift and I think it's terrifying because when I truly learn that I've got choice about who I am and how I am and how I show up, oh my God, all those crap choices, poor choices I made in the past, all those unwise, unskillful choices I made about how I talk to my sister or how I reacted to a colleague, that was a choice. Yeah. Now, it's not easy to make the right choice. Um, and you have, for me, there's in what sits behind choice is intention. What mm. intention am I going out into the world with? Who do I want to be? Which version of myself do I want to walk out the door? When I leave this building, I'm in a different building to my house at the moment. When I leave here and go and see my teenage sons who are doing their schoolwork in the house, I get a choice about the version of dad that walks through that door. Mm. That's a massive responsibility. Mm but it's got to come with some sort of intention and consciousness. Um, so I think, 
I think choice is a beautiful word and also a very powerful and terrifying word as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pierce, I, I completely agree, and I think you're right. The power behind choice, um, just, just, just in getting the fundamentals of. Uh, of, of of consciousness really because um i think one thing that probably differentiates us from a lot of animals and or mammals is is the fact that that we are we have the we have the choice and ability to exhibit self-control and mm. and 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 uh, we understand the concept of a future iteration of ourselves so i know i know what's best for me now i know what's best for the owen because we are a community a community of people i know what's best for me tomorrow i know what's best for me the next day and it's do i make the choice do i take the vitamins which won't necessarily make me feel any better now but in 20 years time i'll probably be grateful for them or do i take the shots of immediate pleasure and immediate gratification (laughs) which won't probably add to my life at all tomorrow or the next day but 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 feel good now and 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 i think that that concept of future self interwound with that concept of immediate choice can really start to embody i suppose just making starting on the journey of making wise decisions really um and and yeah and i just uh, i just i I, and how how have you set those decisions before you pierce have you have you do especially with the big ones do you do it in a plenary Do do you get people around you and say look i've got this this and this or do you do it just by yourself or do you do it consciously just every morning how how do you approach decision making wow big questions and there's a few questions in there Owen by the sound of it one was about you know making the right decisions about myself and my own kind of life lifestyle choices and the other one I think was to do with gathering feedback and sort of yeah uh, so kind of breaking them if I break those down a little bit if I think about life choices lifestyle choices and you know like you say taking the vitamin now for, for for the outcome many years down the line um meditation we you and i talk about meditation we've that we've spoken about that before and that's a really classic example of something that in the moment never feels that well sometimes it feels great and often it just feels like a chore mm-hmm. you know i i sit down and try and do my meditation i'm a, I'm a daily well that, let's say five out of seven days a week i'll try and meditate and often it's like oh really you know isn't there something i'd rather do than this and yet um i try and get myself on that chair or on that cushion and I, I, I liken that kind of thing, that kind of decision to cleaning my teeth. I, I never, when I get to the evening, I never go, nah, should I clean my teeth today? Nah, I'm not bother. It just happens. Yeah. I just go to the bathroom, get my toothbrush, clean my teeth. It's like a it's like a routine. And I think there are many decisions in life that need to have that kind of, mm. they need to be categorized in that way. I know from what I've read and what I've experienced from three, four years of meditating, I know that it's useful. I know that it does me good. I know that it's like, it's like nourishment for my emotions and my mental mm. activity and my, so don't have, don't try and make the decision in the moment the decision's already made. So a lot of this for me is, okay, the decision's made. I get up in the morning, I sit, I do my sits, I do whatever I do, and I've done it, and I move on with whatever comes next. And it's kind of a Um, non-negotiable. I've gave up alcohol just over two years ago, the same principle there. I got to a stage in my life where alcohol was not serving me. It was, my life with alcohol in it was worse than my life with alcohol without it. Now, in lockdown, I've been crazy. I've been loving the idea of a drink. I tell you, I've been desperate for a glass of wine or a or a gin and tonic, but I haven't had one. And and because because the decision is already made, I always find it's most difficult with any kind of skillful or unskillful life choices. It's 
It's if I'm going into, oh, do I want that cake or don't I? If I'm debating it, yeah. I'm probably going to have it. That's great. And it and so if I if I say to myself, you know, I'm not going to drink now. I, when I go out with my friends, I'm not then in the pub or or at their house or being handed a glass of wine, and having to debate with myself internally those those two voices that are both crying out for attention. Have a drink. Have a drink. No, don't have a drink. You'll feel better. Have a, <laughs> It's all, it's all, it's all decided. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I have to do. It, it's the pre-work in a way, the pre-decision. It's the, it's the. What do I want more of? How do I want to feel tomorrow morning, next week, next year, when I'm sixty? How do I want to feel then? And that helps to inform the decisions I make. Yeah. Um, but I, I must admit, with 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 whether it's lifestyle choices, and it's a muscle. It's a muscle you can practice, mm. it, and if you you know if I get it wrong, which I will, and I did, then I, do I give up and say, oh, I've had a drink, that's it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back, or do I regroup and reassert myself? Um, with alcohol, I've stayed I've stayed clear. I, I haven't drunk for just uh, April the first, <laughs> two years ago. The irony there, uh, who was the fool? But April the first, uh, just over two years ago. So I had my two year anniversary recently. I've met, I've held that. But food is another is another tough one. How do we eat wisely? Mm-hmm. And the muscle, interestingly, you, we, you and I have spoken about fasting before, and I'm still fasting. I still do my Mondays, my zero calorie Mondays, and you know that muscle gets better mm. at being exercised so i think people have to be kind to themselves it's it's small steps it's you know what's the one thing i could do a little bit of that that would have an impact as opposed to you know it's like running if i'm going to run do i set myself an ultra marathon or do i say right i'm going to run a mile a day mm. a mile a day you know that's doable a marathon that's a big deal an ultra marathon so what's the this is a, a sort of medical reference but what's the what's the minimum viable dose the minimum effective dose of this decision that i can make that's a great and that way. i find super helpful minimum effective dose yeah. you know yeah and i set myself the mission of running a mile a day and i did that all of last year as a as a bit of a i wanted to run more and i felt like i wasn't doing enough i, said, well, I tell you what i'll just do a mile a day and that was the non-negotiable whatever the day whatever the weather shoes go on go out do a mile i'm home seven eight nine minutes later yeah. that was doable but if i said i was going to run 10 miles three times a week no way i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't have done it yeah but you're right that so, sequential uh, the incremental steps uh, steps forward yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. and and it's it's a muscle owen so you know if i was gonna if you were going to practice 10 minutes of piano you wouldn't then go and try and play a, a concert in, yeah. in 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 a in a big venue and decision making making skillful choices they're muscles as well they're emotional intellectual there's a there's a there's a patterning in the brain a neurological patterning in the brain all of this stuff can be practiced but cutting yourself some slack and practicing them in little parts i think is yeah. absolutely crucial yeah. absolutely be kind to yourself yeah. and i mean i hope you don't mind me i sort of go off on one i'm yeah, riffing a bit with yeah. this but so that I would say with habit change, there's three things if you're going to make skillful choices. And it's it's um, inspiration, information, and community. So inspiration, you need the idea. You need you need the book that you've read that tells you the new thing you could do. You need the conversation that somebody, in that inspiration, you go, oh, yeah, I could get fit. I could give up alcohol. I could stop smoking. I could set up my own business. I, so you need the inspiration, the kind of, you need the information, the data, the knowledge, the steps. The, if you're going to get fit and you know nothing about exercise, you need some information. Mm, yeah. You can look at a YouTube video. You can get a coach. So it's so it's inspiration. You need a person like a guru or a teacher. Information. You need the data, the information, and then community. People around you who are doing something similar. It's very hard to do any of this stuff on your own. Yeah. Uh, you, you, the Buddhists would say it was the um, 
it was the Dharma, the Buddha, and the Sangha. The Dharma was the teaching, the Buddha was the inspiration, the guru, and the Sangha was the community of other meditators. Mm -hmm. And very difficult to be a good Buddhist if you haven't got those three things. And yeah. and I, I sort of translate that into the into the you know the Western world. And for me, it's information, get some data, inspiration, the person who can guide you. And then the the community, other people who are doing something similar that you can share your experience with, somebody on the same journey as yeah. you. I think that's amazing, Pierce, because let's like say it's a translation of head knowledge, head knowledge, heart handle head knowledge, the heart oh. knowledge of passion, the head knowledge of information to an actual transpiration, uh, in, uh, actual physical embodiment of, of 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 that of that habitual practice from from the passion. The, the information to the to the embodiment I, and I think that you right in the in the in the in the presence of community that's powerful but just to your yeah. earlier point as well Pierce around around making those prior decisions I think that's fantastic because you're right it it, it almost takes the power away from the temptation um in in the moment which is which is fantastic um absolutely fantastic so just to pivot slightly Pierce and, and talk about self-awareness so I've recently you know, we, we talk, we've spoken about choice and about just the embodiment of awareness that facilitates choice. That, 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 and, and I'm aware that I retain the power. Um, how do we sort of narrow conscious thought uh, and therefore the Im impact into, into the outside world? How do, we, how do we embody, I suppose my question is, how do we embody awareness into, into, into our moment by moment practice so that we actually are fully in control every moment of, of the day or is that or, or indeed is that is that a possibility well yeah let's firstly let's cut ourselves from slack how on yeah. earth can we be fully in control every moment of every day and yeah. how dull would life be if we were this sort of you know i never get it wrong i never you know i've smoked i've drunk i've done all the most unwise things in the world as i'm sure we all have and and that's all okay that's made me who i am now um i wouldn't have taken any any of my odd uh, childish teenage exploits away because it is who I am now yeah. and 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 I'm, I'm well into adulthood as well so 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 I, I don't aspire to be and I'm not by any stretch of the imagination some sort of um zen-like um uh, you know character going through the world but in aware, awareness I think is a super is a, is a really important aspect and it and it and it all comes back down to awareness and I've spoken before about this, and I want to credit um, a, a gentleman called Mark Walsh, who I learned this from, and it's this idea of awareness, range, and choice, which mm -hmm. I've spoken about before, but it's this idea that we need to build our self-awareness. Who am I? How do I come across? How do I show up? I need to develop my range so I can be a range of different people in a range of different situations. I can be alone. I can be in a group. I can lead. I can follow. I can, I can be sensitive and caring and I can be wild and passionate and I can be crazy and innovative and I can be disciplined and organized. So I need to develop my range. Mm. And ultimately that gives me more choices. Mm. My range is narrow. My choice is limited. Yeah. If my range is wide, I can do anything. I could sing a song, stand up and sing if I wanted to, and I could sit and reflect and I could think, I can meditate, I can crack a joke. And it, how do we do, how do we build our awareness, develop our range, and therefore ultimately give ourselves more choice? And so the awareness, where does it begin? Um, I think there are certain practices that can help develop awareness. Um, the inward ones, I guess, and the outward ones. The inward ones would be things like meditation, things like being conscious of myself. That begins, meditation is a brilliant place to begin that excuse me, you know, how aware of how I'm feeling am I? And do I try and change it? One of the reasons I wanted to stop drinking was because 
I noticed I use it to change how I was feeling as opposed to being okay with how I was feeling. Mm. And, 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 and I think, what if I was to sit with frustration and just, yeah, okay, I'm frustrated. I notice my heart's going a little bit faster. I notice my breathing has gone a little bit shallow. I can feel tension in my stomach. Why do we try and change that by watching Netflix, by going for a run, by, by having an by eating, by gambling, by shopping? But why do we try and change a feeling? Why not just live with the feeling? Why, why? So how do we get ourselves to the point of, yeah, I'm feeling frustrated. Oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling really motivated. Mm. And knowing that all of that will cycle through us and change into something else. So that's part of it for me is that raising of awareness. And, and I have to look inward to do that because I have to notice, you know, if you want to get out of your head, get into your body is something that I sometimes say to myself. It's that my head's going crazy with, ah, oh, what about this? Oh, I'm frustrated. What's happening down here? Because yeah. my body is telling a story all the time. It's giving a narrative. Yeah. And, and when I practice sitting, it's so much easier to have a physical running fitness practice than it is to have a meditation practice. You know, the difference between the two is stark. To sit with whatever is going on and be able to endure that for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, that teaches you so much about awareness. So, so starting to look inward and notice your internal story, I think, is crucial. And then maybe the other bit is the external stuff, and that is being open to and inviting and encouraging feedback from your peer group, your family group, your colleagues. There's nothing quite like declaring to your team, these are the qualities I want to work on, and I know I'm not very good mm. at them, and I want you to tell me when I'm doing them and when I'm not doing I give you permission to give me feedback about how I'm leading, how I'm communicating, am I being supportive, am I doing what you need right now? Because when you're vulnerable enough to take that, that is that is amazing and so many little kind of un, unintended consequences i if i declare to somebody that i want feedback and i value feedback i want them to tell me how i'm showing up it often leads to would you be prepared to give me feedback as well mm -hmm. they invite feedback from me and suddenly we're in a human to human conversation about how we get the best out of each other but my vulnerability opened the door to them inviting feedback as well yeah. What you're talking about there, Pierce, which is powerful, is that tool of modeling and modeling vulnerability. And I've I've knowingly and unknowingly done that in the past. But um, but also, but and and you're right. It opens up. I think it a fundamental fundamental fundamentally, it's it's quite risky. But with the increased level of yeah. risk, relational risk, I find there's an increased level of trust. And trust oh, for yeah. me equals cohesion. So actually, if I can increase trust, I can equal, I can, I, I can increase cohesion. And you're right. It's, it's so, it's so much antithesis to how the world thinks it, it is because the, the world thinks actually you need to show your strongest side. I need to shoulder my strengths, not my weaknesses. And I need to model, you know, um, all my different facets that I'm, I'm good at. Actually, what I found as a leader is actually if, if you can, if you're vulnerable enough to say, guys, this is, this is where I'm strong, but actually this is where I'm lacking. Um, and this is, this is what I've missed. And actually, I'm really sorry, guys. I've, I should have seen that before. I, I, I saw that, that dynamic five minutes ago. I didn't intervene. Um, as the leader, I take ownership and take responsibility for that. And after having done that in the past, Piers, uh, it has unlocked a lot of yeah. potential. Yeah 
things that were just about to explode actually because it's given other people permission to be vulnerable as well um but you're right it's 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 a really powerful tool really but just just to what you were saying earlier actually i find really interesting is over these past few weeks i've I've been crashing through mini highs and mini lows i just went to my car this morning and my wind mirror was knocked off and all my side of my car was scraped um and then i found out i'm i'm expect I've, i've got um and a, an amount of money, sort of eight hundred pounds. I wasn't expecting this month, which is great, which covers the cost of the with the wing mirror. But then, then I'm, <laughs> and then, and then I, I found out yesterday I haven't got a job, which I went for, and I'm going to go get some feedback after this conversation. Oh, and then, and, and then, consequently, I found out that actually the podcast is doing a lot better than I thought it was, and the ratings are. Re- and I, 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 that's what that's two. That's four examples of probably about. 30 over this past few days which have just been crashing through yeah and, down, uh, yeah, yeah down, just this yeah, yeah, roller yeah, coaster awesome. ride of just awesome. like um, and what i was talking about with a friend really was that this that stoic principle of trying to transcend the the highs and lows and to what you were talking about really is come outside of emotion uh, and and try to I'm trying to do this a bit, a little bit, a little bit better. Is still celebrate the wins, uh, but but yeah. try not to embody the loss and or the wins too much, so so that it, it affects my mood. And and it is what it is. It is what it is. It, it's 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 a good thing or a bad thing. But I don't let my emotions get caught up in this. Oh, you know this roller coaster ride of of of. of escalating downwards or or upwards and and what i can then do is actually seem to be able to transcend some of these things which have which have happened over the past few weeks and or months far far more smoothly when when i don't when i when i just don't let it get get to me when i don't let it take a grip of my emotion so i really resonate with with what you were saying mm, there. Mm. oh i mean owen there's such powerful stuff isn't it and i think you know, we can be blown around by what's going on around us so much. It's so easy to get swept along with the highs and brought down with the lows. But those events will forever, will forever happen to all of us. We're all, we're all going to have good stuff and bad stuff happening. Yeah. Um, and, and we can let that rule us or, and we can be completely swept up in it. Or we can, I guess what I don't, the, the, the opposite of that is being so detached that you're kind of this cold, unfeeling, distant mm you know, automaton, automatum. And I think that's a shame as well. And I think there's sometimes, and I've certainly gone down that road of sort of, oh, I'm calm and trauma is happening and <laughs> disaster is going on around me. And I'm kind of a bit up my own ass and a bit aloof, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> sort yeah, of, yeah. well, how is that being human? Yeah. Um, so so I think finding, finding a, a, a relationship to our events, our life events, that is, that is, is connected but not disinterested mm. is engaged but not overpowered overwhelmed you know that's the that's the work that's the work to be done i've heard it said that if an if an emotion is not allowed to live then it can never truly die so mm. if something bad happens and we suck it all up and we're just super controlled and put this tough exterior that emotion's still going to be in there that mm. on some level that's going to be it's going to be working away it's going to be working its evil magic on us mm. So maybe a certain expression of that emotion is important. Maybe, look, you know what? I'm, I am really frustrated at the moment, and this is what I need. So how do we do that skillfully? If you and I are colleagues, and we're working together, and you annoy me, and all I do is let it annoy me, well, that's one version of it, and I grip my teeth, and I'm short with you. Alternatively, I can suck it all up, and I, uh, suck it all up, and I can just pretend 
okay, I'm not going to show him that I'm frustrated. I'm just going to deal with it. But sure, it's still going to, it's like me carrying around a little bit of poison all the time. The other alternative is, mate, can we have a quick chat? Because what happened yesterday in that meeting was really frustrating. And I couldn't help feeling like you were ignoring my point of view. Now, I know you didn't mean it. So how do we deal with this? How do you and I, how do we be courageous and show up with our, with our true selves, but not the self that's the ugly version and not the self that's the distant, you know, and it's a constant work. I haven't got the, I haven't got the answer, but it's a practice. Yeah. One of my practices is being able to articulate my emotional response, being able to be brave enough to rock up and talk to somebody about it, my wife, my children. Apologizing to your kids for being a rubbish parent is such a, that's a life's work. Yeah. That yeah. is a life's work to apologize. I can remember apologizing to Finn when he was three or four years old. I grabbed a, a stuffed bear he had, and he still remembers to this day. And I, I was so frustrated. I turned around and I threw it across the room, and it hit the wall. And his eye had a, like a, a, not pottery, but a plastic eye which broke, and Buster, he was called. Finn still said, Do you remember when you threw Buster across the room? It's a big, physical, aggressive display by a dad. And I, after that moment, I remember apologizing to this tiny boy. I don't know what it meant to him, but I said, Mate, I really shouldn't have done that. That was out of order. You know, I broke Buster's eye, and I got really angry. You know, how do we do that? How do we live the experience, accept our failings, and then show up brave enough to say, I'm really sorry I got that wrong? Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. And you're right. It's not it's not a one solution fits all. I think you're right. It's, ah. it's, it's an iteration over time, Piers. I, I, I completely, completely agree. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Piers, just pivoting slightly and just, just looking at um, sort of, um so broadening our, broadening our exposure really because i think you know to, to what you've said in the past you know there's a difference between sort of differentiation and integration how we differentiate things now yeah. we integrate things into into us um and and it's and it partly harkens towards what we are exposed to or what we're not exposed to um mm. That's one. So that's one statement and or suggestion at conversation. Another one would be, how do we expose ourselves to weaknesses and, and or failure and come through that in, in, a, in a better fashion? Mm. That's very personal because I, I, I really struggle with failure. I, I even to this conversation I'm going to have with the guy who's going to give me feedback after this conversation about my that not getting this job is I, I've been beating myself up over the past few days. But I, I even said um, prior to this, I, I was like, it's going to be good experience for me, not only the feedback, but even going for the job, even if I didn't get the job, it would be a good experience. Having lived that and lived now with a failure, I'm just, I'm like, how do I dissolve this anger of not getting the <sighs> oh, job? So, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry I didn't get the job, by the way. That's oh, a real it's, shame. It's, it is what it is. It is what it is. But it was a roll of the dice that was meant to happen, I guess. Exactly. You know, there's something else somewhere else, isn't there? Exactly. Sure. Exactly. So, Piers, yeah, just, just around. So, my next question really is around. Um, just around exposure really and whether you perceive sort of exposure from a clinical point of view sort of is it do you, would you would you think it's it's actually good as a clinician to experience different domains of practice those that you might not necessarily be comfortable with and or familiar with yeah um i mean simple answer yes um complicated answer a longer answer and why um, and difficult to answer as a clinician because I've not been a clinician, but, but, but to answer from my professional perspective and my personal perspective, um, 
we grow at our edges. Um, I've learned the most from the situations I found most challenging, from the people I found most difficult, from the situations that made me most annoyed, most sad, most fearful. They're the things I've learned the most from. So if I'm prepared to walk towards my edges of comfort, you know, this for me, discomfort is data. You know, there's something interesting about the moment of discomfort. Huh, what's going on there? Now, that discomfort could be anxiety. It could be nervousness. It could be frustration. It could be anger. It could be fear. It could be all sorts of things. But that's that, for me, is when I'm brushing up against something I need to listen to. So, and this is a, I mean, I teach this model when I'm working with coaching, when I'm coaching individuals and leaders and stuff, this idea of a comfort zone and a stretch zone, you know, the comfort zone is a, is when we come, which predictable, we're familiar, we know what's going on. And it makes perfect sense that as humans, we want to be in that little zone of comfort. We kind of evolved, not because we got good at being scared. We got good at knowing what helps us feel comfortable. We didn't go and poke big, scary things with large teeth just for fun. We tended to avoid them and hide. So we got quite good at managing our safety. But then we go beyond that and you're into what we might call stretch or growth or development or learning. And we have to make little journeys outside of the comfort zone into the learning zone. But we need some things in place to do that. We need a little bit of support from our colleagues. We need encouragement from our loved ones and our friends and our family. We need a bit of knowledge and a bit of skill. We need a bit, maybe we need some coaching and some guidance and a mentor. So if we get that little kind of alchemy right we're in our comfort zone we see an opportunity we step outside of the comfort zone if we're a clinician and we do what we do and we're good at what we do but another opportunity arrives with a case we're unfamiliar with or a, a clinical situation we're not used to with the right conditions we step out of the comfort zone mm. puts us at an edge feel a bit nervous do my best show a bit of vulnerability need some help here can you help me i'm still learning and then we come back to our comfort zone and we regroup and we reconsider and we go, yeah, well, that was interesting. It was really scary. And I was, super, I was really worried about the patients. And, but what tends to happen is the size of that comfort zone has suddenly grown. It's expanded. So that thing that was outside of that little mm. safety territory is now inside. Mm. In, in the business context, it could be presenting to the board. You know, the, the boss says we want to go and present to the board. Oh, it's a bit scary. They're going to ask me difficult questions. I'm not going to know. And if I do that and skillfully and I do it well and I have the support I need and I have a bit of internal courage and I go and do that thing that is scary and then I regroup, I go, yeah, I can do that. So we have this incremental improvement mm. in performance and what is, and you know, that is a life's journey to find things that might be at the moment outside of my comfort zone. And I go there, I go to those edges with the right conditions around me and then my that's now inside that's now inside my comfort zone. I used to hate complaining in restaurants and shops. Couldn't do it. I would even eat poor substandard food that was cold or you know not what I ordered because oh, I wouldn't dare to complain. And then one day I learned actually maybe it's okay to say, look, I'm really sorry, this food is it, it's it's not warm enough. Would you be able to replace it? And actually they bent over backwards to to look after me and provide me a better meal. Mm. And I've learned that that's okay. That is a behaviour that I've developed. So so so. Awareness comes back to awareness, you know, what is inside and what is outside of my comfort zone? What do I need to have in place in order to be brave enough and to have the courage to go and do it? And then what have I learned? How do I circle back and go, right, that was useful. I've learned something there. I've extended my range. Yeah, absolutely. And broadened, yeah, like I say, broadened, extended outwards. That's yeah. fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic, Piers. And, and so just coming back to an earlier point you made around sort of stimulus and response. So just, you know, not reacting, this, having having a certain stimulus, good or bad or otherwise, and then choosing your response. Is there any which way that you leverage the gap between those two so that you give your, 
that you give yourself chance to chance to choose your response because all 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 too quickly you know you, you're chastened by emotion and then you're in the response before you even yeah. know it how how would you step back and facilitate the opportunity for choice great question so it's 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 practice owen it's um between stimulus and response there is choice back to this lovely word where we began this sense of choice and and if i'm a let's say i'm a driver and i'm cruising down the road and somebody cuts me up and my immediate response is swearing flashing lights honking horn abuse whatever whatever it might be that's like stimulus driver cuts me up response my explosive my explosive out, outlet and then there will be listeners out there who go yeah that's me through and through you know i always do that but there's a gap. There's a moment where the event has occurred and we haven't reacted. Now, the, the game is, is broadening that gap. It's getting aware enough to know that I do it and making some more skillful choices about whether I, whether I choose. So it, it's neurological, it's biological, it's chemical, it's physiological. So essentially, it's, and the, the, the imagery I really like is the idea of a, a wood store outside of my log cabin and lots of snow. You know, I have got neurological responses that I've conditioned, which are driver cuts me up, I honk my horn and I swear. It's like a footpath from my cabin to my wood pile, which is worn through the snow. It's super clear. It's, it's waist deep. It's trodden down. That's the way to the wood pile. Driver cuts me up. Bang, I'm at the wood pile, 100 miles an hour. I have to learn a new response. I have to learn to go, driver cuts me up, <gasps> catch it, catch it just before it comes out. And maybe I'm starting to walk a different path through the snow. It's, and that's what's going on up in our brains at a neurological level. I'm mapping a new neural connection, the connection of compassion, the connection of, 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 of choice, the connection of maybe this person's late for a hospital appointment. Maybe they're not just a jerk who's out on the road. You know, perhaps they've got a sick child in the car with them that they want to get home to. Maybe they've had an awful phone call. So how do I begin to walk a new route through the snow to the woodpile? And to begin with, it's hard. I'm wading. It's like, oh, this is difficult. Why don't I just go the old way? And then over time, I do it again. And the following day, I do it again. By the end of the week, I've got another option available to me. The old one will always be there. The swearing, the honking, the hornet will always be there. Super clear. I won't be able to fill it back in with snow, but the new one is now also available. Yeah. And that's practice, Owen. That's not, it's not going to happen overnight. That is practice. Yeah. If I manage to say one less swear word next time, then I'm starting to map the new pathway through the snow. And maybe in six months' time, I manage to just whoo, take a breath, yeah. let them cut me up. I'm having a good day. Why do I let them get, make me angry? You know, maybe I can start to get slowly down that road of, of adjusting my behavior. But it... Like anything, it's a physical practice. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna have one tennis lesson and be able to go and play at Wimbledon. Mm. Well, if, if you have a if you have a pattern of frustration, of of reactiveness, of getting triggered by things, if you if that's one of your triggers, road rage, if that's one of your things, that will take practice. That will take a conscious application. Um, so, so that's what, that's new, that's yeah. lovely, Pierce. What you're saying about tr triggering there, because I think, like you said, triggering harken, harkening harkens and points towards self-awareness really and 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 knowing your triggers uh knowing what 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 triggers you to elicit those certain responses and and just to, a personal question to you Piers is how have how have you gained access to your triggers is it, is it just a personal observation or have you have you have you asked for feedback from other people around your around your triggers or have they seen have they triggered you and you thought oh 
Ooh, actually, I could have probably yeah. responded a bit different. How have you gained access into your triggers? Yeah, I did quite a lot of inner work a few years ago, Owen. I did a, re- a remarkable personal development course that was that was that was very much built on self awareness. And one of the pieces of work we did was was looking at triggers and patterns. What are my triggers and patterns? And the, I was asked a really good question, which is, what are the reactions that you have to things that you've started to notice not everybody else has? Mm. So, mm, I, so I love that um, question. I remember. Because <laughs> you think it's totally normal, you go, Jen, they did this, and I, and I was talking to him, and you won't believe what he said. He said this, and you listen to that, and you go, oh, that doesn't sound that unreasonable. If yeah. I'm honest, that's a trigger for that yeah. individual. That yeah. is one of those reactions that you're having, and somebody else doesn't seem to feel the same. Huh? Maybe that's something I've designed. Maybe that's a little, maybe that's a little thing I've learned from somebody in my past that causes that to come out in me now. So I would start to look at those little moments, the things you're a bit outraged about, the thing that seemed to have a almost a visceral reaction in you of anger, frustration, or fear, that you kind of start, it dawns on you. Maybe that's not how everybody feels. So one of my one of my big one of my big triggers was um kind of unfairness, stuff around unfairness. When I witnessed unfairness, it, it would almost cause me to go up and challenge in the street if I saw it being demonstrated. You know, it's kind of, you can't do that. And it's kind of, whoa, okay, what's going on there? Because I could be with someone else who'd say, oh, look at that. And they would look at it and they'd see it and they would know that this, whatever was going on, may be wrong, but they wouldn't get triggered enough to actually be compelled to go and act upon it. So you've got to be a bit of a detective, really. Um, and there's two things for me. There's patterns and triggers. Patterns are the things you tend to do. So I've got a pattern of procrastination and putting things off and kind of leaving it till the last minute. I know that's a pattern of mine. I've got um, I've got another pattern around kind of it's linked to it. it's a bit disorganized. There's a pattern of disorganization. I've got a pattern around putting off difficult phone calls, kind of ooh, don't really want to go towards that unpleasant phone call. I'll find a good excuse for not doing it. So that's kind of patterns in my behavior. They're useful to spot in yourself. The other thing is around triggers. Now, these are much more like a switch. You know, I've heard it said that the people who are best at pushing your buttons are the ones who installed them. You know, so if you go home to your family at Christmas or holidays, you'll notice you'll get shown your triggers pretty clearly. Mm. You know, and I, and I so become like a detective, start to look at when you notice those quite visceral reactions to things. And when you get those feelings, it, it kind of wells up in a kind of, and it's, I often, I often got the most insight when I look back and thought, damn, I wish I hadn't done that, or I wish I hadn't said that, or I shouldn't have behaved. So when I got a moment of regret or a moment of self-consciousness about a behavior that would normally pointed at a trigger that are shown up does that help does that make sense it does make sense it makes a way to navigate through some of that yeah it does it really does absolutely absolutely Piers. so just to come into land actually because i think there's some absolutely fantastic points there it just it really what i what i love about all that it really belies self-awareness which fundamentally contributes to you as a a self-performing high-performing individual and then you can contribute your best your best self to a high performing team. But I just I, I love something that you and me spoke about quite a long time ago, and you've it's been a narrative that you've mentioned across the years, and actually that um, that you uh, practice yourself, which is which is you know the concept of being centered and the and the practice of of centering, um, and the the, pra- the practice of just taking a moment to 
well, centering is really centering is is taking a moment to 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 feel the body and and to and to and to appreciate where the stress may lie. But actually, if you're not taking that time, you can't feel the stress between your shoulder blades or the, the the fact that my right calf is, you know, a little bit tense right now, or that I've got a bit of a migraine starting to, or, or a stress headache starting. You, you, it's 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 about connecting. And I suppose something else you said about, you know, that somatic feel. So getting out of your head, learning how to, under, to, to, to feel your body, you know, what does your, what's your gut saying? What is, mm. what is your, what's, what's, what's your heart rate right now? What is, what's your breathing pattern like right now? Um, and again, after being triggered, it might be, Ten to a dozen, your 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 spiritual rates up. Your you know you've got a, a, a dump of adrenaline, so you're adrenergic. Um, but you might not that or that might actually all go in into the haze and midst and past of unconsciousness. You 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 may that may pass. That moment may pass at collectively without even ever registering it on the radar. And what I loved about some of, you know, what you were saying about being centered is connecting with those feelings and connecting with the physiological mm. response, because then that allows you access into that area of, of, of yourself, which then means you can adapt it, change it. And, and, and also, yeah, just start to reach, start to refocus. Mm. Well, I mean, why don't we do a center, a little center to finish? Would you be up for that? Would yes. you be up for me to take you through a little centering instruction? I don't know if the listeners will be interested or not, but should we have a go? Should, yes. Would it be appropriate? It. I mean, I'll, say, I'll just say a little bit about it. So centering, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's, a, it's, an in, it's like, a, for me, it's like an awake meditation. It's like, being, it's like being in a state of meditation while I'm in the world. So instead of it only being on the cushion, it's out there in the real world, and it's a tool. You, you made the point at the beginning how much we love tools, and, I, and, it, and as a tool, it's so useful because it buys, it buys us time in those tough moments for us to make more skillful choices. So quite simply, it's, it's what I describe as an in-the-moment self-regulation technique. It allows you to organize what you're thinking, what your body's doing, and what you're feeling, your emotional world, and get them, get them more organized and then you can probably make a more skillful decision because when all of that stuff is fighting with itself, we're not necessarily making the most skillful choices. So we'll do a short version. Uh, there are longer versions, but we'll do a super short. And I'd love you to go along with me and, and do, do the same. And I'd, I'll ask you a question at the end, what you notice, and, and we'll see if, see if you've got any reflections. But um, is that cool, Owen? Should yeah. we just dive into it and absolutely. have a, have a go? Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, let's begin with a breath. Let's begin with one really good conscious breath in and a breath out. And we're looking into the middle distance and we're going to go through a simple A, B, C, awareness, balanced and core relaxed practice. Let's start with physical awareness. Wiggle your toes in your shoes. Notice the soles of your feet on the ground. Notice your legs rising up from the floor. If you are sitting, they'll be bent at the knees. If you're standing, you'll be supporting your weight on your legs. Can you feel the pressure of the seat under your bottom? Can you feel the touch of the chair on your back? Are you aware of the contact of your clothes on your body? Is that something you've recently paid attention to? Noticing up through your torso, have you got tension in your tummy? Is your tummy tight? Is it held in? Is it nice and relaxed? What's going on in your chest, 
across your shoulders, across the pectorals, down your arms and into your fingers. Can you notice the space between your fingers? What's happening in your back? What are your shoulders up to? What is your neck up to? Is your head balanced effortlessly on your shoulders? Bring your awareness up into the face and into your vision. Is it as wide as it'll go? Is it as high as it'll go? Looking into the middle distance, softening your gaze and noticing the light in the room, any sounds you can hear, the temperature, anything about your physical environment. So you've got a full awareness of your physical experience. Thinking about balance, let's go in three planes. The first plane is imagine your vertebra stacked like sugar cubes, effortlessly going up to the top of your head as if you're suspended by a piece of string. Rock yourself from side to side so you've got balance across that plane and rock yourself from front to back and find that middle point. We have an effortless sense of balance in our body. Symmetry is always good to help with balance, uncrossing legs, relaxing arms on your lap. And finally, core or center relaxed, starting at the forehead. Can you let go of a frown if you've got one? Can you relax your cheeks, your tongue, your jaw? And just notice any tension in your throat. Is your tongue pressing high on the roof on your palate? Or is it sitting relaxed in your mouth, just touching your teeth? Notice your chest. Do another conscious breath in. And out. And the out is relaxing the belly. All of that tension slipping away. Take your awareness down through your pelvis, through your adductors on the inside of your thighs. Are your legs nice and relaxed? And finally, finishing up back in your shoes. And you've organized what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and what your body's doing. And you're now in a position, you're neither too highly charged nor too chilled out. It's neither one nor the other. I call it almost in a ready position, ready to do what is necessary in the next moment. And from that state, Owen, I wonder, what have you noticed? Have you noticed anything about your own body? Yeah, absolutely. I think quite a lot of tension in my back, actually. There's a straight in my back, Piers. I certainly found and then and then came to, came to rest probably hold quite a lot of tension in my back actually yeah mm. yeah and between and my it, shoulder blades yeah you know and if that's all day and every day and every moment you know if i if i asked you to pick up a you know a, if i asked you to pick up a bottle of water that'd be fine you you pick it up but if i asked you to carry that around all day it's mm. just that moderate amount of tension that's in my forearms you can guarantee my forearms going to be pretty tired by the end of the day and that's what that's what some of this stress stuff does for us. And I think centering allows us just to put the bottle down. Yeah. Let's put that tension down in the lower back. Let's let that tension go in the neck. You know, it's a, look at our, our modern worlds of keyboard driving. Everything is kind of focused in this narrow, narrow cone in front of us. You know, standing and looking out to the view. There's nothing like looking to the horizon to reassure yourself there's no predators on the way. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of why we like to look to the horizon. That's why all this close work is so stressful. So it's things like that, lifting your vision up, expanding out your awareness, which can just metaphorically get you to put down that load that you're carrying. Yes, listen, that's absolutely powerful and just such a releasing practice, actually. Just even now, just speaking with you, that's actually really releasing. Um, so listen, Good. that's 
you you know that's that's not only really powerful but just really insightful so Pierce, I, you're an absolute legend, absolute legend. And, you know, my life has always been better sort of with, with you in it. So I just, um, I just, just, just want to thank you from the bottom of my, my heart for, 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 for chatting with me today, Pierce. I really appreciate that. And um, if, if people can find well, you. It's a, it's, yeah, go on. No, 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 go on. What were you, you going to say? I, I was just going to say what an honour it is. And I, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, 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 a highly decorated podcast guest, so I really appreciate you being asked. Oh, and awesome. uh, it's a real pleasure to be able to talk about stuff you care about and, and have somebody interested is, is awesome. So thank you. I just, yeah, thank you very much. Listen, it's always a pleasure, Piers. It's always a pleasure. If people um, want to find you from this podcast, how can they, how can they do that, mate? Yeah, so just email me if you want to find out, if you want to talk to me, set up a conversation, peers at peerscarter.co.uk. That would be the way to get hold of me. Just email me. I've I've dabbled, I've spent a couple of years on Instagram and I've 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 kind of got a bit disillusioned with it, if I'm honest. I found that I was I was getting much more concerned over how it looked and what can I say that's really in, you know, and actually I sort of lost a bit of faith in myself. I got and so I've I've backed off backed off Instagram these days. Um but um, yeah, e- email. Drop me an email. Start our conversation. I'm not trying to sell a course. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I haven't got anything to promote other than to say, look, if you want a conversation and you want to talk about anything that I've said that might be interesting, drop me an email. Piers at piercarter.co.uk. That's perfect, Piers. That's perfect. And listen, if you ever ever want to start a podcast, I will be your number one lining up at the front of the queue, to, ready to listen. So I will talk to you about that. That'd be interesting. Oh, That'd listen, be really interesting. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's absolutely yeah. do it. Listen, Piers, you're a legend, and thanks so much for your time. Today. Thank you, mate.